0: Welcome to sensor noise a podcast about photography i'm andrew joined as always by arthur this week biblically accurate cameras but first <laughs> the news uh arthur do you have you ever thought that you would like to have a fog machine you could take with you
1: i uh, i mean honestly that's not really something i've ever thought about but but now that you mention it uh I'm intrigued. Uh, right. Yeah,
0: now now that it's now that I've I've put the idea in your head you're like, "Oh, that could be fun." Yeah.
1: Yeah, that could be fun. I'd love to bring a fog machine into Disneyland. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll <laughs> <to do>
0: that. <laughs> they'll, they'll love that. There's a new fog machine uh from Ulanzi, Ulanzi, I don't know. Uh it's portable, it costs under $90. This, you know, breaking big news or whatever. So I could see huh. you know. This is um it's sort of interesting. They have a photo here where someone's using it to like fog up a plate of veggies and
1: and fruit. Um, yeah, which you know, well, I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to understand, like, what what is the use case here?
0: I don't what, know because what you
1: use this for.
0: I, I guess it must be for like really close up fog, fogged shots. Because otherwise, you're gonna yeah. want, you know, like if you're taking a portrait of a person, you want fog. This is not gonna provide sufficient fog because this is basically no. just like a slightly larger vape <laughs> <You>
1: yeah <know? laughs> pretty much like what yeah just vape i guess yeah uh, i mean, but I, worth- I see in their use case they're showing like like uh you know if you're taking model photos or i guess food right i suppose you could mm. use it as you know smoke to make it seem like it's smoke although yeah i guess if you're doing product shots like that just you know, just right. light the food on fire and get the real smoke. Yeah. Mm. I don't know.
0: Are you getting one of these add it to your loadout, put it in your uh, backpack, mm-hmm. just carry it with you? I
1: don't, I actually don't think I have room in my backpack for this. It says it has
0: 36 different fog effects. And I'm wondering, like, in my mind, there's, there's one yeah, fog that effect mean? that a fog
1: machine has, which is that it produces fog. <laughs> it's fog. <laughs> what are yeah. the 36 effects? <laughs> well, you see, it also, it also has a quarter inch screw. So you can put this on a tripod for some reason. <laughs>
0: That's true. I didn't think about that. Controllable yeah. fog intensity and speed. Okay, interesting.
1: Well, you see Shape safety is vital at your and, will. Um, <laughs> the device's fog juice uses vegetable safe glycerin. Okay, so, great. So, you know, it'll be great. Your fog yeah. juice is really So, so it has so you okay. can
0: just you can spit the 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 fog straight out or there's a curved tube which it says allows you to adjust the spray direction. There's a sponge filter that creates a dry ice effect that I can see being kind of useful, and then there's like a flex hose thing. I guess these are all counted as the modes. I don't know. This is sort of fascinating to me as like a piece of, yeah, uh, ph- photographic paraphernalia that I just can't imagine. I guess that for I some people need, it but, may be useful. Know. Yeah. Well, apparently this undercuts. See- this undercuts the price of a recently introduced one uh for this is that was $200 and this is only $90 so
1: there you go. All right, I'm watching I'm watching the videos on their product page and they do actually have some clever stuff. So the little control panel apparently mm-hmm. comes off and just becomes a remote.
0: Okay. That's that's so That's novel. pretty
1: that's pretty clever. Yeah. Um, and the different modes, let's see. It looks like it takes those uh regular you know lithium double a looking cells so you could just swap those out pretty easily Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean it it seems clever i'm just not entirely sure who it's for yeah i don't know this company does seem to have a bunch of perplexing camera uh gear as though
0: if you're going to use the portable fog machine please write to us i'm curious to know what the heck for (laughs)
1: Yeah, please let us know. I'd I'd really love to know what you're doing with this thing. Yeah, this company also sells a camera cooling fan for your overheating Sony 8K cameras.
0: I saw um, that. That's that's like the so... uh, cooling fan I used to have for my 2009 MacBook. When I when I tried <laughs> yeah, to play basically. Grand Theft Auto on it, you know. Yeah. Clever. Um. In other news, there's there's cheaper uh CF Express cards for photographers now from Lexar. Oh. Um, we now, talked this about that Now, this is interesting to me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, when
1: I first got my Z7 years and years ago, I spent, I think, $250 for a 128 gig, uh, CF Express card at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the cheapest one that was available. Yeah. So, now we're seeing what, um... This is, this is
0: almost a dollar per gigabyte. The 320 gig card is $380. So,
1: this isn't actually that good of a price though yeah so i yeah (laughs) when i got my z9 i bought a 512 gigabyte uh cf express card Mm -hmm. which i think was 200 also like 220 250 dollars it can't Mm -hmm. support you know it it, it can't do 8k video recording onto it but it can do 4k just fine um Mm. i don't know if this is that good of a price i mean maybe this one would support the 8k recording which would be good because those are very expensive right now
0: yeah um i've got some other stuff here there's also you know more expensive ones that promaster has a new 1.3 terabyte cf express card um where's what's the price
1: let me see where the, does, they vary the this, price in these things <laughs> so i know that cf express is like a, a, a clever format it's small it's durable or whatever but I do wonder, at what point do we just start putting, you know, PCI Express SSDs into these cameras?
0: Right. Well, I know, you know, there's a YouTuber I follow who uses a Blackmagic cinema camera and just, like, plugs Samsung SSDs into it over USB-C to record.
1: Which makes a lot of sense, because they're way cheaper and just as fast. Actually, way faster. Right. But you can get, like, a terabyte... PCIe SSD that has like eight gigabytes read write per second for one hundred and fifty bucks these days.
0: Yeah, whereas this one point three terabyte you know, <laughs> this this CF card, which is one point three terabytes, is six hundred and fifty dollars,
1: which yeah, is still cheaper is than many competitors. <laughs> but it's preposterous. It's all the same flash in the card. It's just a different format, right? And speaking
0: yeah. of, there's this, there's this other, so that was ProMaster now from ProGrade, a different brand, um, mm. has new CF Express cards that write data at a roaring, uh, 3,000 megabytes per second, uh, okay. and, uh, the one terabyte option here is $400, two terabytes, $800. So, yeah, these do seem like they're, like, almost, like, over-specialized, you know?
1: They are. They're super over-specialized. Yeah. Although the pricing on these is much better, right? Half a terabyte right. for 179 is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I assume as they're going to continue to get go. better,
0: but at the same time, so are like regular SSDs. So. It,
1: exactly. And
0: SD cards, for that matter.
1: Yeah, SD cards do continue to get better and faster. I'm not. I know originally the whole thing with these CF Express cards was supposed to be more durable, more reliable format. But honestly, like, have you ever had an SD card fail? Because I sure haven't. No. I'm, not, I'm really no. not sure <laughs> no. why we need these two different formats. I think the only I SD we just card. Pick
0: one. I think the only SD card that I had failed was something that I put in like an arduino that i put outside and it got like condensation all over it but that was it you know and that's like also my fault
1: <laughs> i had one sd card fail in a raspberry pi that i put 24 volts into the five volt rail um but yeah, other than that i haven't had any issues
0: as <laughs> when when used to spec they tend to be quite yeah.
1: robust <laughs> <laughs> right exactly <laughs>
0: Um, In the film world, Lomography, uh, who makes a a whole bunch of different – they make, like, normal films, but they're also probably more well-known for their, like, stylized film, like Purple and Turquoise, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. They have uh, uh, become concerned about the uh, 120 format, which is the medium format film, um, and they don't want it to become extinct. So as a result, they have decreased prices for their 120 film. Uh, by a pretty decent margin. Um, like a three pack of 100 ISO film has uh, been cut by ten dollars, which is you know that's that's pretty oh. good. So
1: six I, uh, bucks now. That's you know that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I actually oh. I took advantage of this because I was like, what the heck? And I have a medium format film camera. Medium format film is uh, it's it's a lot more finicky to deal with and load. Um, sure. It's sort of funny to watch people try to load their, their medium format cameras like when we're on a photo walk, you know. Um, but boy, is it just... The
1: hypothesis that people aren't buying medium format film because it's more expensive. Do you think that that's true? Like, I don't know. Yes. You're, the, you're the one who's dealt with film more. Like, do, do you see um, that happening?
0: I I think there can be an aspect of that because a lot of the medium format films especially from like Kodak are meant for quote unquote professionals. And so they're more expensive as a result. Um, Mm -hmm. So Lomography providing a sort of discounted option here is useful, but I think what you're, I think hinting at uh, is probably correct, which is just that there are way fewer medium format cameras, you know?
1: Yeah. And they're more expensive. That's what I'm getting at.
0: And you can buy like a 35 millimeter point and shoot for 40 bucks. Um, Right. My, my Pentax Six Four Five N, which is one of the cheaper, like autofocus medium format cameras, is you know it's like eight hundred bucks. So right, yeah,
1: it's not it's not a cheap format to shoot or develop. I'd imagine developing is more expensive too.
0: Um, it actually it varies. It can sometimes be the same or even cheaper. It just depends oh, really? on the lab. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it's weird because it ends up it, it it's like. It actually ends up being the same amount of, like, surface area as a 35-millimeter oh, roll. Oh, sure. So, um, but, you know, 120, yeah, it has all these things sort of going against it, but it is really rewarding to shoot because you just get so much. I mean, the size of the negative is huge, even with the smallest format, the 6 x five. Um, yeah. You know. If you get a six by nine, even that's like gigantic. Like, the, frankly, I think even like Hasselblad, like medium format cameras, are not quite at the like level of resolution as one twenty film. Or maybe they're finally getting close to it. But you can oh, get some really sharp photos. It's it's really nice, really rewarding. Um, hmm. because you just get so much. You, you have so much emulsion to play with, you know, so.
1: Right, right, right. Well, maybe maybe that'll get me into it. I don't know. Yeah. I do want to have a medium format system at some point. I don't know what that will look like, but.
0: If you can start where I did, which is by getting a, a TLR, you know, like a rolly flex or rolly cord, or in my case, a, a Yashica mat, um, which are fun That's too, because those are, you have to use, those are waist level finders, so. You know, you have to hold them and look down and you look really funny uh, in public because <laughs> people aren't used to those anymore. They're like, what in the world are
1: you doing? You know, so I mean, I can do that with my I can do that with my Nikon now. The well, that's true. You like just <laughs>
0: yeah, you just flip out the flippy screen. <laughs> so but speaking of film camera usage, uh, um, there's an article from Digital Camera World, ironically, it says. Despite rising prices demand for film cameras is surging 50% increase in users over the past year so um this is interesting i, I mean it. i i think i think the rising prices is caused by demand for film cameras surging yes um, of course
1: <laughs> i mean nobody's nobody in the mainstream has cared about film for a decade at this point more than that perhaps right yeah like ever since compact point and shoots became cheap in the 2000s like you don't you don't see people at disney world shooting film anymore right? no you, nobody's doing that now yeah so or at least not in i think commodity. yeah <laughs> nobody's really manufacturing new film cameras at this point as we've discussed previously and yeah. so Save yeah of course like the prices a, are like, going up yeah
0: right and it's you know it was the case that like Basically, Kodak had to increase prices because they weren't able to meet demand, partially because of um, COVID and the supply chain issues and not being able to get raw materials, but also just that more people – there's higher demand for it than there previously has been. They were sort of, you know, like – and certainly Fuji was doing this, where they were just kind of winding things down. Fuji has been discontinuing film stock sort of one by one over the past several years, and uh, now they're realizing that they can actually ramp up again. Um,
1: yeah, so why wouldn't we, you? Yeah, and they which will, is exciting. Which is good. And maybe and when, some new, new manufacturers will come up. Who knows?
0: Yeah, uh, uh, Harmon, which makes the Ilford films, has been teasing on their Instagram something coming on Mm. December 1st. Um,
1: Okay. So we'll see what that is. Um, I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. I just think like we have these big manufacturers and no matter how popular film gets at this point, it's still going to be a niche. Yeah. There's definitely space for smaller niche manufacturers to come up and make, you know, expensive, cool film stocks that hobbyists will buy which yeah. is fine we don't yeah. need we, we definitely don't need as much capacity as kodak had you know in the 90s we, like we don't need it. Right. <laughs> so there's more space now for somebody smaller to make something
0: there are people who like keep demanding that kodak bring kodachrome back uh mm. and i don't think that's gonna happen because that's just no like i a don't completely so. different color process from the current like c41 stuff like they don't right. i don't know like i don't even know that they have the equipment for that still <laughs> i mean they might it's the but... same as all the people who are asking polaroid to bring back all of their dead formats and it's like they don't have the yeah, production bad. lines for that
1: anymore like does Polaroid? Be... Do, do they even really exist anymore they do they
0: do i mean they okay. announced uh they, they brought out that i2 camera a couple months ago that's like 600 that's and still has a plastic lens um
1: I don't know when I see when I see uh your brand being used to market off-brand AirPods in a Walgreens I sort of assume that you're
0: gone. yeah I I think they do I think they have been sort of diversifying <laughs> as it were or you know like <laughs> That's one way. Like to they're, put it. yeah they're keeping their options open sort of thing um but they do <laughs> you know I guess You know, you used to have all these different types of options for Polaroid film, and now you basically have Polaroid color and black and white, and then there's, like, occasionally a weird color-shifty film that they'll do, like, they have one that's Mm -hmm. blue right now, and then also you can get, like, color, but the frame is black instead of white, you know. But you don't get all these different, like, ISOs or whatever for for Polaroid anymore. They just basically make, like, two, three
1: formulas, and that's it. That's better than none, I suppose.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that you can still use an SX-70 from, you know, whatever, the yeah. 1960s, 70s is, is is pretty neat. So,
1: and it, I do wonder, though, like, every year smartphone cameras keep getting better, right? They keep improving the iPhone. They keep improving the Android phones. You get better mm-hmm. and better photos. But it seems like increasingly, that's not necessarily what people actually want like people wouldn't be turning to film if the cameras that they carry around with them all the time were actually giving them the photos that they wanted and it seems like it's 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 not what people want anymore we've reached some sort of threshold where now the phone is too precise or something i'm not really sure what the tipping point was but something has changed i'd say for me
0: you know the i don't know it's it's like the same thing when you ask people why they like vinyl records you know versus Mm. mp3 because the you know like the mp3 or or, you know whatever you can get a lossless one that like perfectly recreates the sound of the recording right you know versus the vinyl and it's like i don't know there's something about it you know like the fact that it has flaws makes it interesting when it's when it's totally like a perfect representation, that's neat like the first few times you see it, and then it's like, okay, well, now what? You know? I don't know. <laughs>
1: Is it also I wonder if it's an also an aspect of like how much processing the the cameras and the phones do? Like it's not actually a perfect representation, right? They they do that quite too, a lot yes. of processing.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's right. Yeah. Like the Samsung's that you can zoom in on the quote unquote moon. (laughs) You get (laughs) a picture of the moon. moon.
1: Yeah. But even the iPhone, like you can take an iPhone picture in broad daylight with the sun in the background and everyone looks perfect, right? That's what Mm. it does. That's the whole point. Right. But that's not really what it looks like in real life. It's it's not quite right. And I think people are starting to notice it. I think the iPhone in particular hasn't quite crossed the threshold where things get, you know, Uncanny Valley-ish. But I've definitely mm. seen some Android phones where it does. Like, the, right. I think in particular, the night shots on the Pixel. It's like mm. inventing a lot of information in there that doesn't necessarily exist.
0: Yeah, I think people are
1: noticing that and just gravitating more towards formats that can't... Be messed with in the same way.
0: You know what? You know what I think might have might have precipitated this is like the portrait mode on the iPhone, where they're like, "Oh, no, we're gonna make it, you know, look like super bouquet." And then when people actually use it, they're like, "You know, like it's like blurring my hair weirdly." You know, it's like this weird, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's this. Yeah, that it, might be it. Yeah, and like that's still, you know, how many generations has it been that like it still does that because ultimately it. It just isn't capable of taking that sort of picture properly with because the optical yeah. system just doesn't support it, you know, that they have to, like, fake it yeah. out. So, you know. I think the
1: newer ones are better because they have the depth information so they can better recreate the bokeh. But you're right. It's still not correct. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, what's what's driving, you know, Gen Z is getting into film and. You know, two thousands point and shoots and stuff. It's like, where yeah. did they? they the two thousands never point and is fascinating this to me
0: because, you know, as someone who experienced two thousands point and shoots, and same with you, like I would not want to go back to those because those are no actually really terrible photos. They're all they've got a ton of noise and they're extremely low res and all that. But you know, I don't know.
1: But it's the same as a crappy film, right? Yeah, You've I guess got the so, same yeah. thing as if you got a cheap film camera and put a really bad film stock in it. It's the same yeah. kind of effect. Like it looks bad on purpose.
0: What's the German word for like nostalgia for a time you didn't experience? Oh, I don't, remember. I don't remember.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway, I think that's what's at play here, you know? Yeah. Uh, but speaking of smartphone cameras and, and not using them, there's this thing that I saw. I think this came across as an Instagram ad for me. So this is called the Alice camera, and uh, what it is is it's like basically a camera that you slide your phone into and use it as the yeah, viewfinder for. Yeah, this thing for.
1: confuses me.
0: And it has a micro four thirds mount. Um, th- they're they're promoting this as like being good for creators and things like this. Um, I'm a little confused about it and I don't know that it's going to succeed because Sony already tried this many years ago. They made a an uh a, an alpha camera that was basically just like a lens mount with a sensor that you'd put on the back of your phone. Um
1: wasn't there also a Samsung phone that just had a camera on the back of it? Like I this? think
0: so. Yeah. And yeah, certainly Nokia that, made smartphones with giant 44 megapixel Well, sensors Nokia previously. had
1: Uh, other windows related issues but yeah
0: (laughs) i mean this is sort of like what i'd actually want my phone camera to be but yeah but built in
1: (laughs) right right you don't want this like separate thing
0: yeah and this i wonder this is 1200 dollars, you know and if you're gonna use this for like vlogging you can you can buy like the sony vlogging camera for cheaper than this and it honestly probably has better quality because this is a micro four-thirds sensor um
1: which yeah. are not very big <laughs> so i think i think there's a couple of use cases for this that they're trying to target mm-hmm. obviously the videos that they're showing of people like making vlogs with this are ridiculous like nobody's gonna do that they're just gonna yeah. buy a, a E one or a, uh whatever the panasonic one is or whatever there's going to yeah. buy those and use them as a vlogging camera because they're cheaper and they will look better than this. Mm-hmm. But I think what this is actually for is for, like, live streaming. Like, if you're a streamer and you want a better camera quality, a lot of yeah. times, especially for, like, TikTok or Instagram Live or whatever, the best way to stream is from your phone. Like, they don't really have very yeah. good... You know, like OBS support or whatever from your desktop, right? So,
0: like, I don't know how you stream to TikTok outside of the app, which you can only use. I on have your no phone, idea.
1: You know, yeah. And if this, if they get support for this thing into the TikTok app, well, then you're in a pretty good position, right? You can just use that, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: next thing, what are we asking for for the holidays, Christmas and Hanukkah? Oh. And
1: hmm. This is always hard for me because I've gotten to the point in this hobby where I'm buying things that nobody would ever buy for me for the price. Right. Like yeah. I'm not going to ask my parents to buy me a, you know, a knocked or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that's ridiculous. I'm right. not going to do that.
0: Well, you know, so I like I
1: honestly don't know.
0: Yeah my dad asked me you know what do i want i said nikon z 180 to 600 millimeter and he's like how much is that and i'm like mm, 1700 <laughs> and he's like no i don't think so and i'm like you know yeah, it was I worth a shot that's gonna happen. <laughs> uh so instead i'm asking yeah. for the uh nikon z 50 millimeter f 1.8 which is a fair bit more reasonable so and yeah, that is that's reasonable and that's, um, that's a
1: great lens by the way i have that one it's fantastic
0: yeah, and, and my birthday being in the very beginning of January means that I can also say this is a combined Christmas slash birthday present, uh-huh, and, and they are inclined to spend slightly more, although that has worked against
1: me in the past, certainly when I was a kid. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my strategy for this usually is I'll make a list that I like. It's my, I love my relatives, but they are people <laughs> who are always, they want to get you a thing, Right, they're right. not content with like a and H gift card or whatever. Yeah, so I end up putting together a list full of like all different types of, uh, like accessories that are cheaper. You know, mm-hmm. memory cards, mm-hmm. straps, uh, cases for things, that kind of stuff. Right. And I end up with a bunch of that stuff usually because yeah. they're cheap. They're a little thing that somebody can if- get.
0: If you could no. just order me that fog machine, it's only 90 bucks. Yeah, right. There we go. <laughs> it's, a, it's a stocking stuffer, really, when you think about it.
1: You <laughs> know, Yeah, honestly, it would fit. Uh,
0: yeah, so I'm asking for that. I'm also asking, my mom uh, listened to the previous episode, thank you, mom, uh, where w- oh, we talked nice. about studio photography stuff, and I mentioned how I don't have any lights, and she's like, well, how much... You know is all that okay is that a good christmas present idea and i was like that's a good question so i found a yeah set of godox like strobes studio strobes nice and sent that to her so um does your does your
1: camera have the commander or do you need another flash to go with it
0: i need i, I i'm getting the like godox uh, uh wireless transmitter thing
1: yeah oh, okay good nice yep
0: Um, at one point i
1: did get a flash for christmas i had asked for the uh nikon something or other one of their nicer flashes and i have that i basically never use it i probably should
0: i used uh um oh so i should report back i used my my zf my zf um at a family event a couple weekends ago um oh right how did that go it was very good, and I, I brought my flash because I wasn't sure if I would use it. But it turned out the building that we were in, being relatively old, had fairly dim interior lighting, so it actually mm. it worked out. And uh, it was That's nice good. too, you know. I had what do I have like the newer Z one or whatever? It's like roundhead TTL flash, yeah. so like I didn't really have to think about it. And I think it turned out okay. You can definitely tell that the photos are flash photos, but they don't look harsh. Sure you know
1: yeah that's good
0: yeah and they look a lot better than the non-flash photos which are just too dim so
1: yeah right Yeah,
0: but yeah Yeah, no, i I like it a lot i
1: need to learn how to use them i yeah it's like i know you can put it on there and it makes it brighter but i've never had to really use it that much
0: What I ended up doing is uh, pointing it towards the ceiling a lot and sort of bouncing it off of the ceiling so that it would soften it and diffuse it a bit. And that seemed to work pretty well.
1: That's good. Yeah. And the truth Um, is, for most of the things that I shoot, if I'm shooting full frame with a wide open aperture, you don't need it a lot of the time. That's true, yeah. Yeah. Like. You, if you're shooting like if you're not shooting sports right if you're shooting people in a room they'll they're pretty stable they don't really move a lot well, especially so you when you point a camera at them and they exposure. start
0: to pose automatically and it's like no I'm trying to get yeah, a candid exactly. photo <laughs> everyone I pointed yeah. the camera to they were immediately like turn and smile like eh. it's like no I'm trying to get <laughs> like a
1: <laughs> well this like... is why this is why when we're shooting events like that we use the longer lenses you know you want right. to use a 70 to 200 or something so you can be yeah. further away from them and they won't notice.
0: Right. Well, that's 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 why I need the the Nikon 180 to 600
1: so I can be really far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. No. I almost got one of those. I really wanted that lens. Yeah, uh, but I, I needed thought you it had for a... an event. No. I did. I had a pre-order from like the day it was announced. I pre-ordered mm. it. And I needed it for an event in September. I was going to spot LAX at at LAX to do Mm. aviation photography. And And it didn't show up. It didn't show up in time. I
0: I still see that it's like uh, marked as coming soon, I think, in a lot of places.
1: I believe some people have received theirs, but nobody that I know has.
0: It's new item coming soon on B&H. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I mean, uh, this is one thing where I think Nikon is particularly bad at sticking to announced release dates. Mm. They said that this is because of a high order volume or something. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's true. (laughs) Like, Mm. you could ship some of them. You don't have to ship all of them right away. You know, Mm -hmm. ship the pre-orders for people that pre-ordered it the day you announced it maybe first. Don't right. wait until you have a huge batch or something but I ended mm. up getting the uh, 100 to 400, which is considerably more expensive mm. um, Jeez. it is nice like it's a it's a good lens and it's a wider aperture but I would have liked to have the 600 without having to use the teleconverter mm. I mean with with the 1.4 teleconverter it becomes what like 180 to five something. Which yeah. is basically the same, and then you have the same aperture, but it just makes it longer and heavier, right? And that's the other problem with this lens too. It's quite heavy. It's a lot heavier than the six hundred millimeter would have been.
0: Yeah, the the one that I've been looking at actually is the Tamron one fifty to five hundred because that's like yeah, splitting looks the difference good. and also cheaper. Um, yeah. And yep. it has a a crazy name, but there's a review from F Software. They say it's it's quite good. Um, well, this is the nice. new
1: generation of their their 600 millimeter. I'm guessing because they I used to so, have yeah. uh, what 150 to 600 or 180 to 600 for F Something mount like and E mount and everything else. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. very very popular. Um, yeah, and I guess this is just the newer one, and it's smaller yep. too. It looks like, which is nice.
0: Yeah, it's not too big. Um, it does have a crazy name, though. Which is like, of course. W- what is it with these zoom lens names? Because this is the Tamron 150 to 500 millimeter F5 to 6.7 DI3 in Roman numerals, VCVXD. And that all means something um, that yeah. is useful if you have the little table to decode it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's, it feels like they're doing SEO in the name of this product I, for some I know,
0: reason. yeah. So it's like, right?
1: Like, I, who's. Uh... Who's yeah. searching by this? Who's searching Tamron VXD lens? Like, nobody's looking for that.
0: Right. So DI so di is for full frame and APS-C, uh, I think, SLRs. DI2 is for APS-C mirrorless, or for APS-C cameras. And then DI3 is for mirrorless full frame. That's what their website seems to suggest. Not entirely clear to me. Why not just uh, call
1: it full frame? Okay.
0: I don't know. Yeah. And then the VC is for image stabilization. Um, yeah,
1: that I know. That's their vibration compensation or something.
0: And then, and VXD then VXD is a coding. Is, I'm guessing VXD is Voice Coil Extreme Torque Drive Linear Motor. What? That's the focus. Oh, so that's motor. the autofocus okay. motor. Okay. Yeah. Which, like... I mean, all of the brands are guilty of this. Is that a thing I need to care about? the What what kind of thing the autofocus motor is, whether it's a voice coil or a stepper motor? Like, that doesn't seem to...
1: It depends. I I don't... For some use cases, people care. For photography, like for our use case, I think it does matter in longer lenses like this. You want the focus motor to be faster if you're shooting, you know, nature or something, something that moves. You Mm. want a faster uh autofocus motor but for like normal people i don't think anybody cares yeah i do see you know the photograph the photo people complaining that like oh well this has the wrong kind of autofocus motor and i just don't think anybody really cares that much
0: i don't i i promise you i would not notice
1: <laughs> <laughs> right right it
0: it it claims it says the image stabilization facilitates shooting handheld at 500 millimeters um
1: yeah i'm sure it does yeah
0: you know wide I'm open sh- yeah <laughs> as long like you're not trying to shoot anything that's moving too quickly i guess um, no
1: i mean so with my 400 millimeter at uh what is it it's 5.6 at 400 millimeters i think i can shoot that handheld just fine because mm. the combination of the internal stabilization in the camera and the lens stabilization If you're shooting in daylight and you can, you know, open the aperture all the way, you can do, I don't know, I do like a thousandth of a second shutter speed. It's totally fine handheld.
0: Mm. But as
1: soon as the light starts to go away, as it goes down a little bit, then you can't anymore.
0: Yeah. The rounded seven blade diaphragm contributes to a pleasing bokeh quality. I I love reading Mm. copy for these things because they have to like. I don't know
1: about that pleasing bokeh. (laughs) I'm. not so sure about that
0: yeah i don't know about that either but it's interesting Uh, like i don't know they have to call out what shape the 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 aperture diaphragm is you know so yeah it's like
1: like don't use this for portraits it's not gonna be for portraits no no well (laughs) birds sure
0: i'll buy that uh with that the 135 plana
1: oh my god i want the plana so bad (laughs) yeah i want the plana yep I will probably uh, get one at some point.
0: Next up, we have our camera history segment. And we're talking about <laughs> weird startup cameras this time. Um, yeah, and I'm going to start. Let's, uh, this, this, is, this is the biblically accurate camera that I referenced at the beginning. It, it's called the Light L16. Um, it's been discontinued, but you can still get one because I think they're still selling off the stock. It's currently $169 on Amazon. Um, Really? They claim... I
1: thought they were totally gone.
0: They claim that it is 52 megapixels, but, I mean, Arthur, can you describe what this camera looks like when you point it at someone?
1: Yeah, so it looks like a a rectangle with about 16 lenses on the back of it.
0: Yeah. um, That are
1: all just sort of pointing at you. Yeah. And so you can't really tell which one is focusing at any given point, Right. Um, so
0: it has, uh, I believe the 16 is in reference to the number of, yes, it has 16 camera modules with their own image sensor length right. and lenses. Um there and to be are five, clear, this
1: is this is sixteen smartphone camera modules effectively.
0: Yeah. There are five twenty eight millimeter wide angle, five mid range seventy millimeter, and six hundred fifty millimeter telephoto. What's fascinating to me is that there does not seem to be any rhyme or reason to where these are laid out. Like it literally looks like yeah, when they're they completely
1: were, randomized
0: when they were designing the PCB for this. They just like dropped the footprints onto the PCB and then just like clicked the auto route button.
1: And like they didn't right. try to
0: like line them up or anything, they're just spread out all over the place. Um, and yeah, it's a yeah. really
1: baffling design that they've done. But I have to say, when I first saw this thing, you know, uh, this what was 2012 2013 like this they showed this off ages ago it's been a yeah. long time mm-hmm. i thought it was very cool
0: <laughs> this review is uh that i'm reading from the verge is from 2018 um and this was This was at the time on sale new for $2,000, and you can now buy it for $169. (laughs) (laughs) But this is, I feel like this is sort of the final boss of like the, uh, you know, the processing, because literally it takes pictures with all of these sensors and and does some magic to try to combine them. Um, And then it also.
1: Yeah, it tries to combine them and let you, you can change the focus afterwards, right? Isn't that the other thing that it can do?
0: yes uh, it, although like, not as well as the other camera of them. not as well as the other camera we're going to talk about the litro um but oh uh, yes <laughs> yeah um the other thing too is you know this has basically three prime focal lengths but it tries to give you zoom by like combining some of the focal lengths and apparently it did yeah. not do that very well um But uh, yeah, the Verge notes, speed is another problem. mm -hmm. Uh, When I tried to rattle off a burst of shots, things ground to a halt, (laughs) which I can imagine because it's uh, just trying to process an image from 16 modules, you know, once is going to take some time. But trying to do that like multiple times per second is just not going to happen.
1: Well, you're doing it Uh, multiple times per second with a Snapdragon something or rather from 2018 or earlier, right? You're not doing it with... A brand new you know m3 or whatever you're doing it Mm. with an older like this would be something that a newer processor could probably do fairly easily yeah but this the the hardware that's in this thing is not capable
0: yeah oh so i guess the draw here was not that you could refocus it but that you could like zoom the image basically after the fact in editing software but of course This camera and with the Lytro, which we're going to talk about next, the the thing there is they had their own proprietary software to do this. Exactly. And they both sucked real bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: This was trying to compensate at the time, and I feel like the Lytro as well, they're trying to compensate for problems with smartphone cameras at the time, right? mm -hmm. Back then, I mean, even now, but especially then people wanted to be able to zoom in more in their cameras. They wanted higher megapixels in their smartphone cameras and they wanted more detail. And this is trying to solve that problem in a smartphone shaped rectangle, right? It doesn't look like a camera. It looks like a phone.
0: Yeah. For context, the prototype of this was unveiled in 2015. Uh, And so if you think about what smartphone cameras were doing in 2015, this was pretty radical, but now like, Smartphone yes. cameras basically do what this does a lot more elegantly um, and yeah, that's why you can now buy one at at a fire sale price because <laughs> this the company that made this got like acquired and doesn't exist anymore, and they're just trying to sell off stock so yeah. you know certainly an interesting artifact to have you know if you if you want if you want it, but I wouldn't you know I think it's frustrating enough that you wouldn't want to actually try and take pictures on it like
1: you know as now, a Now Andrew do you, do you know who acquired light? I don't. Uh would you care to guess?
0: Um uh
1: Adobe? John no. Deere. What? <laughs> 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 that is bizarre. <laughs> yes, the the tractor company John Deere acquired Light and the staff. Interesting. Um, why okay. did they do that? I don't I know. I don't know.
0: What is John Deere cooking? I suppose we'll find out. (laughs) Who knows? I'm just imagining, like, you know, the, like, white Pentaxes that you can get are, like, the white cannons. I'm just imagining one in beautiful John Deere green.
1: (laughs) John Deere green. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, nothing runs
0: like a deer, and that extends (laughs) to our processing chip here.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Four-stroke engine-powered camera.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> In 2018, they received an additional round of funding from SoftBank and Leica. Wow, from what? Another wow. 120 million dollars, and then they just disappeared. I guess. Yeah. Bizarre.
0: Fascinating.
1: They, I think they probably could have had a future if they, you know, tried to get like acquired by Google or something to like improve smart a company cameras.
0: that actually does stuff with imaging. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody um, else, but they didn't seem to care.
0: Yeah. Uh sort of in a similar vein is the Lytro camera, uh, which arrived to Great Fanfare uh in like twenty fourteen, I think is when the original Lytro came out.
1: Um that is when they first announced it, yes. Yeah. And, and so Litro, um Lytro was founded in 2006. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they had been around for a while before they were able to produce an actual like commercial product. The
0: the The gimmick of the Lytro camera was that it was a light field camera, which means that it captures not only the intensity of light in a scene, but the direction that the light rays were traveling. And this allowed right. you to basically on the fly refocus a photo. Uh, yeah. That was its party trick, um, which it turns out was not enough to actually sell cameras, Um, especially because the original Lytro camera was weird. It it was basically the size of like a microphone, like a handheld microphone. You can kind of think like it's just a big and the shape of one as well. It's like
1: a a tube.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you'd, you'd point this long tube and it had this teeny tiny one and a half inch LCD that was your viewfinder right. uh, and you'd point it and then you'd take a picture and you could kind of sort of refocus it on the screen, but mostly you needed to use their software you had to, use to do their it. Software.
1: Yeah. Um, the camera itself wasn't, I mean, this is 2012, like the camera wasn't powerful enough to really do the processing by itself.
0: Yeah. They did come out with a second generation camera called the Litro Elum which is a much they more did, conventional yeah. looking camera um but it was like too late and no one was interested it's at that point. Um
1: Now I'm going to make an argument here. I think Litro was too early. Because <laughs> as we go now into this like VR uh mm. no, VR's mm-hmm. not going to be anything really I don't think for a long time but One of the things you want, like in the Apple Vision Pro, you want it to be able to kind of refocus what you're looking at um, based on what you're actually looking at. And this can do that, right? You could record. I don't think these things could record video. But if you had one that could, you basically are making that sort of interactive, immersive video content with one of these things. If they had pivoted towards that you know when the oculus was coming around in the early 2010s maybe they could have survived on that kind of thing but they didn't mm. and so i think the problem is like photographers don't want this really no, <laughs> like not. i don't think you want this
0: i think this light field technology could have been made to work like more as a smartphone sort of thing because you know imagine oh, yeah I imagine that you could do something like portrait mode a lot more effectively with this kind of sensor than, you know, conventional sensors. But this is sensors. like,
1: I think the truth is that you can approximate it well enough with a regular sensor and like a depth sensor like the iPhone has. That's true. That you don't yeah. need this thing.
0: Yeah. And th- y- y- probably to miniaturize this technology was going to take a ton of money it's... and effort. I
1: is also it think they possible? did. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I also think they did the thing that a lot of, like, consumer product startups did in the early 2010s, which is, like, they hired some high-end design firm to design their product and make it look very Apple-like, but it ends up being yeah. weird. I can think of, like, this. I mean, and it then, works. Like, I wanted one. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, this, which is just such a weird form factor that it didn't make sense. Um, There was the Ouya console that was really well-designed but didn't make sense. Um, yeah. There was that uh what was that like smart lock that was designed by Eve What's his face, you know? Oh uh, it's like it's like it's a smart deadbolt, but it's like the most beautiful object in your home and it's like that's not really what I'm
1: looking for. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember. And
0: then and then you have to think that part of the price is because they hired these high end design firms, you know? So Yes. It's like just make it yeah. if you want to make it a camera, you want to sell it to photographers, make it look approximately like a camera so that people feel they could they pick can pick it up and start using it, you know? Yeah. Because this is the absolutely. thing is if you hand an original Lytro to someone, I don't think they'd know what to do with it.
1: No. No Like
0: the shutter wouldn't. button is basically like a little membrane button that's part of the rubberized grip texture. Yeah. Like it's not well defined, you know? And it's if, not if anywhere. you wanted
1: a camera <laughs> Like, I think they could have had some success with the design if they had tweaked it a bit to make it look more like, you know, a waist-level viewfinder uh, medium format type thing. You know, that's pivot true. the screen yes. up towards the top, add a small, like, a physical button for the shutter. You could probably leave the design as is otherwise. And well, that's what they should have done they should have just made... <laughs>
0: They should have just made, like, a, a back for Hasselblad cameras with this particular sensor, you know, to, like, replace the this is digital the thing bag. I don't
1: know about this technology. Like, does it also require the lens? Is the lens special? I don't know. Uh,
0: It says it has a micro lens array. I don't know. The, the thing, yeah. though, is that it looks like it has, I think it's a sensor and then there are individual lenses on top of the sensor. But then before that, there's, like, a normal optical system.
1: Yeah, I can't tell. I I don't don't know know enough about it to say, like, especially because it's measured in the front special.
0: It's measured in mega rays rather than megapixels because it captures rays and not pixels.
1: That doesn't... mm, Okay, guys. Sure.
0: (laughs) Listen, we're special. Uh,
1: Yeah, that definitely feels like they just invented a new term to be special, not because it actually is different in any way.
0: But uh, I'll say, I do think these are neat. I encourage photography companies to keep coming out with weird stuff. Canon has been, I feel like, yeah. leading that lately because they have a weird, like, power shot vlogging camera thing that almost looks like an old flip. Um, and yeah. I'm not exactly I saw that sure thing. who it's for. Um, But yeah, you know, keep experimenting. I like this. Maybe we'll get something useful out of it.
1: Yeah, I want there to be more weird stuff i want yeah. this for all of the areas of technology that i participate in like people should be trying more. there should, there should be that's more weird we things things
0: otherwise it's just gonna be like uh you know a bunch of global shutter cameras that everyone's gonna be like yeah. this changes everything
1: which, yeah. is, which is i guess boring. fine boring. but that's not exciting give me yeah. give me something cool right Give me something give me weird. one of Again, these that's, weird cameras.
0: That's why people are using film is because it's weird. You can go get the weird that's purple true, film yeah. from Lomography. It makes your photos look very weird. It's fun. So you can that's scan them and want. put them on
1: Instagram. Exactly.
0: Yes, precisely.
1: <laughs> so I, I have another topic I want to surprise you with here.
0: Oh, dear. That I think <laughs> is
1: relevant. <laughs> no, it, it's relevant given your... um. The activities that you did the other weekend and things that i've done
0: mm, how do mm. you
1: how do you handle being at an event that's like a family or a friend's event and being the photographer while also still supposed to be like participating in the event because um, i find it very difficult to do this like it
0: can participating be participating
1: in an event versus photographing it is very hard yeah
0: there's definitely times where it's like, I have to put the camera down
1: now and
0: just, like, be present, you know. But then there's also times where it's like, should I be should I be photographing this? Like, did I miss a thing here that people want me to capture? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, mostly, you know, I guess I was somewhat fortunate in that at the family event a couple weekends ago, I was being given directions as to, to what I needed to photograph. You know, they're like, come over here, and take a picture of the cake. And like, when we're all done, we're going to go outside and yeah. take a big family photo, you know? So, right. but at the same time, you know, folks were eating uh, and chatting and whatever. And at some point I got up, you know, I had eaten enough. I got up and I just sort of walked around a bit taking photos of folks right. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it is, you know, this is like why you hire someone to be your wedding photographer and not have someone who's in your wedding party also be the photographer. Cause that's a, you can't do those two things at once. And yeah, there is a, right. There is a tension there. Um,
1: that's but, the kind of thing that I'm dealing with now. So like this most recent event that I photographed was a bridal shower for the bride that I'm in the wedding party of. Mm-hmm. And I was photographing it. Like I, I wasn't explicitly asked to, but also I was part of organizing the shower in the first place, so I sort of felt like I needed to do it. Um, I didn't mind so much, but it did feel like I was always, you know, distracted during the event, because I'm not really 100% paying attention to the people I'm talking to, because I'm also, like, watching for there to be good photos. And Mm -hmm. the output was good, right? The, The photos I got were good, and everybody's very happy to have them. But at the same time, I'm kind of I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't get to fully experience the event. Mm.
0: See, I guess for me, as someone who is more introverted, like it actually like I find myself feeling slightly more involved by taking photos because Mm. I have to get up and interact with people instead of just sort of sitting.
1: Sure, I get that.
0: You know, looking at my phone or whatever. And like, I don't know, I guess it also just gives me something to do. And I'm a restless person, you know, like, yeah. I would not have enjoyed this family event as much if I was just sort of an attendee, you know, along for yeah, the ride. Yeah, I get it. So I definitely yeah. have
1: that at some events for yeah. sure, where like I'm not super interested in the thing that's happening at all, really, because it doesn't right. really relate to me. Mm-hmm. Like you know, my a cousin's graduation or whatever.
0: I have this on our photo walks too, where there's like people I want to, I want to talk to or take photos of, but also like, you know, our models will like walk off in two different directions. And I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> oh yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. You know,
0: I want to hang out with these people, but also these people. And now they're, you know, two blocks apart or whatever. So yeah. Right. I don't know. Uh, I guess it's you take tough. what you this can is get.
1: A... <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be the family photographer. Yeah. You end up, you know, having obligations at all of these events but then also you never have any photos of yourself like i don't have any
0: right Um, yeah
1: and that's not necessarily bad i suppose but being so far into the hobby like my camera is configured in such a way that i also can't just like hand it to somebody and say here take you know a photo of me right yeah they're not going to be able to use it
0: hmm yeah. and So I like, end up
1: with nothing of myself.
0: Yeah. Like the, the only reason I'm in the big family photos is because I got the remote for my camera so that I could, you know, I stand see, behind smart. everyone else and, and click it, you know, a bunch of times. Um, I suppose yeah, I, I could have used the self timer, but the remote seemed like a better option. Um, but yeah, you know, like, yeah, I, I, you know, I was updating my online dating profile the other day and it's like, boy, I have a lot of photos and very few of them are of me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. I need I need like i looking need... here at my photo library. I have 36,000 photos in here, almost 37,000. Yeah. And of myself, what do I have? Uh 2,000 pictures of myself over Let's see, the oldest photo in here is from 2007. And then if I look at my wife, I have, I think, about 10,000 photos of her. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's just from, you know, 2014 onwards. (laughs) So it's just I don't have a lot of myself, which makes, you're right, dating profiles, LinkedIn, you know, social media, starting a new job, like any of this stuff where you need, you know, a good picture of yourself. You just don't have one.
0: And this is actually like. At the photo walks that I go on, I feel like I actually spend like almost half the time taking pictures of the other photographers rather than just like Mm. the models or whatever, because I'm kind of thinking like what sort of pictures would I want to have taken of me, you know, and it's like I'd like to have an action shot of me taking, you know, like with my camera or whatever. And it's like, well, I can do that for other people, you know and then yeah yeah and then some you know lately it's begun to catch on i have some some goofy shots of like you know people aiming their cameras at me kind of thing you know
1: (laughs) that's fun yeah Yeah. i like that that's smart though this is more more reason for me to find a photo walk i guess yeah still have not had any luck if any of you live in the bay area and happen to know of one let me know because i'm looking
0: yep and speaking of where you can find us uh, also, thank you for listening to Sensor Noise. You can find us at sensornoise.com, uh, which also has our bios on there with our, our individual accounts. You can find us on Instagram and Blue Sky and Mastodon and places like that. Um, we're on Instagram at Pod. We're on Blue Sky at Noise. Uh, and if you like the podcast, please tell a friend. <laughs>